And like everyone kept coming up to us after your shows. They're like, what's your band name? What are you on Spotify? And or like, like Apple iTunes. So we tell them and they're like, you only have one song. I was like, <laughs> yeah, well, this stuff takes time, man. What is up? BA family and welcome back to another episode of the Breathe in Air podcast where everyday action meets extraordinary mindset. If this is your first time listening to the show today, welcome. We're so thankful to have you. The show is all about bringing you incredible guests who are entertaining and bring useful insights that you can use in your daily life. If you have been listening already, you haven't subscribed, hit that subscribe button. It helps move the show along so we can continue to have incredible guests like Treaty Oak. You're in for a special one today. Today, I had the pleasure of speaking to three group members from Treaty Oak Revival. They're an up-and-coming Red Dirt Texas country music band whose single Ode to Bourbon is out on Spotify and all other streaming platforms. They have a great story and their passion for music and for the Texas Red Dirt country scene and everything that it embodies is a story that needs to be heard. This podcast was unique because it was the first time that I got to sit down with not only one person across the screen or across the table from me, but it was multiple people. got to talk to three of the band members, and it was really cool to hear all of their dynamics working and kind of how this band formed and how it came to be and how their passion continues to drive this band to new heights. Hey, y'all. It's me, Mason, in the future, technically. This episode has been catching fire, and looking back when we recorded in 2020, when Treaty Oak only had one song, to now what they were doing in 2024 with their new album hitting the charts and catching fire as a band all around, it's incredible to see the progress. We've interviewed them two times since, so if y'all enjoy this episode when they just had Ode to Bourbon out, Go and listen to the other two that we recently had. It's so cool to kind of watch the progression of what this band has done and will continue to do. Super thankful to have y'all and hope you come back and listen more. A big piece of our show is mindset, holistic health, maximizing our potential. If you're like me and you like nicotine, I might have something for you. I've used nicotine in just about every way possible. And recently I came across this company called Knickknack Naturals. It's a non-tobacco nicotine mint that's made in the USA with premium ingredients. None of the preservatives, artificial coloring, sugars, or other things that are in Zins and these other products. And it's spit-free. It tastes great. It doesn't smell. It's a great alternative if you're using smokeless tobacco or smoking cigarettes. It's going to give you the benefits of nicotine without all of the harm that can come with some of those use cases. So if If you're like me, you enjoy nicotine, you want a cleaner way, go on over to the show notes, click the link there, or just shoot me a DM on Instagram at Breathe and Air Podcast, and I will give you all a 15% discount code. It is a great product. I love it. I enjoy it. I'm using it right now. I think you guys are going to really love it too, so go check it out and let me know what you think. Let's get down to business with this first interview that we had on the Breathe and Air Podcast with Treaty. Oak Revival. Today we have 
a new and upcoming Red Dirt Texas country music band. Y'all know I love country music. Treaty Oak Revival. Thank y'all for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, man. Absolutely. So give us give us the introduction. I know we just met pre-show, but go ahead for all the listeners. Uh, there's three of three of the band members sitting here in front of us today. So if you're not watching and you're listening, we're going to do a little intro. So go ahead. Uh, my name is Sam Canty. I'm the lead vocalist and uh, songwriter slash acoustic guitar player slash shit talker <laughs> for the band. <laughs> so that's me. Yeah, uh, my name's Lance Vanley. Uh, I play uh, rhythm guitar, do backup vocals, and basically manage all the music in the band, uh, direct all that. Perfect. I'm Kelly McKay. I'm the drummer, and all the chaos comes from me. Shit <laughs> talker. <laughs> chaos coming from, from the <laughs> as well. Sam, it's funny because right before the show, I had Colton Fields message me. Yeah, man. Yeah, dude. I called him up and I was like, hey, we're doing a podcast here in a little bit. Uh, you know a guy by the name of Mason? Yeah. He was like, "Is he? what company do you work for? Arthrex. We do uh, yes. sales, yeah. Yeah, he said, yeah, I was in a training camp with him for a couple of weeks. He's a pretty chill dude. I was like, well, I'm doing this podcast, man. He's like, no way. I'm like, yeah, bro. Yeah, that, yeah, that's cool. I, I, I kind of, I kind of did some uh, snooping on you on Facebook, so I saw he was a mutual friend. So yeah, I, I call him up. That's so funny. It's it's a small world, and from Texas too. I grew up in Fort Worth for ten years uh, in Keller, so right outside of Fort Worth, and then lived in Lubbock, Texas for two years. Oh, uh, awesome! In middle school, but yeah, it's so funny because he messaged me literally like right before, but. Now that I'm thinking about it, we did uh, do the training together out in Naples, and it's just a small world. So crazy. He's like, yeah, Sam's my yeah, buddy. Man, very small world. He's <laughs> a good guy. He's a good guy. I like him. The same same for you. So tell us a little bit about, you know, how the came to be. I know that y'all are up and coming, like we said earlier, and new to the scene, but how did this band form and kind of what, what's y'all style and chemistry like? Yeah. So it was at first uh, – it wasn't this band used to be another band and it was his band. So I would rather him kind of maybe give the intro to the story and I'll give the like the re the rest of the story maybe. Yeah, I'll keep it brief. Uh so I had a I was in a pop rock and roll band and uh we had two of our singers leave and Jeremiah Bandley, uh his uncle and and one of my dear friends, he's our lead guitar player. Uh, we were just looking for somebody and we were practicing at a friend's vacuum shop. It was dusty, nasty, but, uh, it was, was a place. Yeah, it was, free. <laughs> it was free to rehearse. And so he, uh, contacted my man here and said, Hey, two weeks ago, I was supposed to tell you that. Yeah, it was <laughs> funny, man. He was, so, uh, I was living in an apartment in Odessa and of course I've, I've written songs and been taught myself to play guitar since like college days. Yeah, uh, just mainly just to sing around campfires and get girls. It was always just a hobby, so I never really thought it would be anything. And then I was going through kind of a rough period for a while, and um, my roommate, uh, I was talking about, I was like, man, I just wish I had a band, like, so I could do more stuff with this music. And he was like, oh, uh, hey, I forgot to tell you, I should have told you this like two weeks ago, 
my uncle has a band that needs a lead singer. I was like, dude, why didn't you tell me that? <laughs> and so he was like, well, if show up at seven o'clock, they're having tryouts. So that's kind of how I got put into the mix of things. Yeah. And so, and so when he came in uh, instantly, uh, he had, had a lot of material. Uh, and even though maybe he didn't have uh, fronting a band experience, he was really talented. And I figured we could work something really well. It means the name of our band because this wasn't pop rock. And then Lancey comes uh, at the invite. I don't know, was it a week later or two weeks later? It was the next week. It was the next yeah. week. And we had a bunch of people in the band already, and so I wasn't really looking for anybody. But whenever he came in, his tone, touch, everything he did with his guitar was beautiful. He had a great voice, extremely talented. And uh, well, I've been uh, blessed with a lot of talent uh, with, you know, in my surroundings. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess, I guess I could say originally when I first showed up to practice or for the tryout or whatever, um, you know, they were playing all sorts of different types of stuff. And they were like, here, like, play this song, play that song, and I'd play it. And they'd be like, uh, it doesn't, like, sound like what you're used to playing. And I'm like, no, it's not, dude. Like, I'm, I don't even know half these songs that you're asking me to play. So then they're like, well, play something you know. So I played them what I knew. And then um, I told them, I said, you know, I have original songs if y'all want to, like, try to do that. And they were like, yeah, play it. So I played them a couple of originals. And then after that, they asked me if I wanted to be in the band. And then Lance... I don't know, several weeks later, he, he just came to, like, sit in on a practice. Yeah, I just – Yeah, uh, he wasn't – My uncle just invited me to – he was like, hey, we have a group. We just come together and jam every Monday night, hang out and drink some beers. Yeah. Jam and play music. And I was like, eh, that sounds like a fun thing to do. I was like, I don't have anything going on Monday nights. So I showed up, and he had, he had just told me, he's like, oh, this is a song we're probably going to play. And uh, it was Hurricane. And uh, ended up learning that, came through. We jammed on that and just a bunch of other random stuff and just kind of – started to click from there of realizing that there's probably something we could do with this rather than just being a, you know, a vacuum shop backroom band. Yeah. Cause like before him, we had a guitarist and he was loud, the loudest guitarist I've ever heard. And so then he wound up having to go, uh, wanting to start a new business and he didn't have as much time. So when we heard him play, like his tone was just so good. And, his background, as far as music-wise, I mean, went to school for music, basically. And uh, also, you know, he does IT, so technical stuff, hooking stuff up to the to boards and mics and everything like that. He's a, he's a genius at it. Uh, charging iPhone, stuff yeah, like that. Charging <laughs> iPhone, like, yeah, charging Helping Kelly figure out how to turn on his Wi-Fi. I can't unlock my phone. <laughs> so, yeah. No, so it just kind of... It kind of all came together. A lot of people came and went, but now we're at the point where, uh, I mean, our band is just so tight right now that we're, we're happy with the result. So we're glad everything turned out the way it did. No, absolutely. And that's, that's crazy how it happens. I actually started picking up the guitar later in my later, I guess, in college times too. You said right around college when you started playing. Um, but there's just something about music that brings people together. And, and I think that, Oh, 100%. And I think that music does something to people that a lot of other communication, types of communication cannot. And that's what I love about it so much, especially the storytelling that comes with country music and the realness and authenticity that comes with that brand. So kind of, y'all don't have that many songs out right now. So how, how do you kind of, or I guess you're sitting on them. Are we sitting? We are sitting, sitting on them. On, yeah. So we have uh, 
the one out right now. That was like the main thing too. Is like we uh, we recently opened for um, Jason Boland. Oh yeah, at, uh, at a local venue, and like everyone kept coming up to us after your shows. They're like, "What's your band name? What are you on Spotify?" And or like Apple iTunes. So we tell them, and they're like, "You only have one song." I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, well, this stuff takes time, man." Like we gotta go, we gotta find a studio, we gotta finish, you know, writing music parts and getting everything down. So it's been a process and it's taken a long time, but um so currently right now we're we just got done being in the studio for a weekend, which I mean, I don't know if you've ever had any experience with that, but it is a painstaking process. So we're trying as fast as we can to get the music out there, but it's coming. And uh, we should have maybe a little taste for y'all of something new, probably around Thanksgiving, would you say? Uh, maybe a little bit before. We're trying to figure out all the dates on that right now. Just because we're finishing, we did one weekend in the studio this next in, this next weekend, and I believe the weekend after that, we're going to be back in the studio both Saturday and all Saturday and all Sunday, just trying to get things you know, finished up and once we're sent off, and then, uh, yeah, we'll be able to get it out. We'll have a single out first and then uh not long after that we'll have an album we don't really have exact dates right now we don't want to promise anything too early and not be able to deliver on time either i was actually showing y'all by one of my good buddies stan and he sent the sent the music over i'm like oh i really like this jam ode to bourbon and I'm like it's a, it's a great jam and i'm looking I'm like oh we only got one like i'm ready for some more Let's... so colton didn't show you that song yeah colton didn't nope colton didn't colton just yeah. that's crazy man that's awesome that's good to hear Actually, uh, I don't want Colton to show you my song. I want to hear it from other people. Yeah, I don't want no nepotism. <laughs> that's a good sign. See, Colton thing just happened like right before the show. I was like, that's crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. yeah, yeah. So you're talking a lot about the studio time, and obviously everyone's musical process is different as opposed to you know whether you're getting the instrumentals down first, whether you have the lyrics first, and you know I feel like it works differently with different bands and and different musicians. So, what is kind of y'all's musical process as far as you know writing the music? Is it a group effort? And then once you get into the studio, kind of how how does a studio session look? Okay, well, I mean, as far as process goes, <laughs> it's pretty up in the air. I mean, basically what I do is I'll come in to a practice one day and I'll be like, guys, I wrote a new song. And they're like, what does it sound like? And then I'll play it. And then from there, we just kind of, you know, I'll work with Lance. Lance will work with me. Lance will work with Kelly, uh, work with Jeremiah. And we just kind of eventually, you know, we make little tweaks here and there. And, oh, this sounds good. That sounds good. And then eventually – uh found be the best way to say like a roadmap and then once we have our roadmap you know the more we play it the more it starts to sound like it's supposed to sound but it just kind of naturally happens but when we get in the studio so that's that's the cool thing is we you know we'll plow through it and we'll play it how we want it to sound to a quick track and then when we get in the studio that way everyone can put on the headphones and play along to it and then uh we just go from there. Then it's uh, having to play the same thing over and over and over again and messing up. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's where the magic happens. When you get kind of the tune and then you get in the groove of playing it over and over again, and then you can kind of feel, okay, here's this little tweak here. Here's a little tweak here. Yeah. So, well, you know, mo go ahead. I was going to say most of our songs have been played live, except for No Vacancy, but have been played live before we go into the studio 
this, one of the things I think that it is the challenge is, you know, these songs have a live feel. And so you don't have visual cues of your, uh, uh, that you would normally take, you know, from the stage and all of yeah. those processes. So you're having to really count measures. And usually at the end on an outro, I'm looking up to one of my bandmates going, all right, when are we going to end this thing up? And in this case, you have to be paying attention and be counting measures. It's really a lot tougher. Yeah. Uh, another thing, you know, for this album that we're about to put out, it's going to be, I mean, we're basically self-funding it ourselves. So we've never known really anything but being a live band and playing live. I mean, our main thing is we just put on a show. I mean, we go out there, we jump around, we say a bunch of stuff and play, play our music the way it's supposed to be played. And so we don't know any other way to play it. So it's actually really interesting. Like, like for example, this guy in the back here, he's our lead guitarist. I don't know if you can see him, Jeremiah. Yeah. <laughs> when, when, he, when he plays his solos, he plays a different solo every time. So we were like, dude, when we go to the studio, like we're going to have to have something down pat, uh, like the best version of the song that we can play and um, just have everything basically with parts written for it. So I think that's the, the true tale of a, of a band though. When you get to finally hear them live, it's like, all right, this is the make or break. I like stuff, but how are they going to be when they're live? And I definitely could see the difference uh, between that, you know, environment and then being, you know, trying to get it super crisp down pat. No, we have a lot of energy, man. That's like a big part of our band is we have so much energy when it's on that stage. Like by the time I'm, we're done with the show we're exhausted dude like we're emotionally drained like we had to hire some people to haul gear off afterwards because we're tired of doing it ourselves but uh yeah that's that's the main thing about our music man is uh i i tell people or i hear from people all the time that you know that song we have on spotify is awesome it's great it's badass but i was like you should go see it live and you'll be way more impressed than just listening to it on your radio mentioned uh no vacancy and i saw a little teaser to that so mm-hmm. first song as you said that hasn't been played live but now is in studio recording is that gonna be you know part of this single drop and in the future here soon tell us a little bit about the song this is actually it's it's funny i never really when i was thinking about the album i never really uh thought this song was gonna be a single or one of them and uh I kind of just wrote it because I wanted to add, just add another song to the album. We're just trying to hit that like 10 to 12 song mark. And we just, at that time, I mean, we have a couple of more decent songs that we're going to be recording. Actually, they're really good, I think. But like, I'm just saying like, it's not like the main music that we've been playing. Like we've just been trying to build that track list up. So uh, I wrote that song basically when I was in Fredericksburg for work and I was staying at a hotel and I basically, I was talking to this girl and uh, she would call me at the hotel. I'd be like, Hey, like I need you to call me or talk to me because I hate hotels. So that was originally just the basis of the song was like, I just freaking hate hotels. I don't like being in them. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of a love song. It's just kind of a, it's kind of a hate song. It's kind of a lonely song, but yeah. uh, I, I went in and, we could go, I bring my guitar and I just like sitting there with like a bottle of whiskey, just sitting on the bed, picking, like trying to think of stuff. And then that's what it came up with. So I pitched it to the band at practice, like I always do. 
And they were like, that's something. Like, they're like, that's a good one. That was, I knew when we first heard the just the skeleton of it, I was like, oh, wow. This has some major league potential. Love all of our songs. I love this song, and it's a latecomer for sure. Uh, but, man, when I heard it, I knew right away, that man, that's going to be a great song. And that's another thing, too, is, like, I rely on these guys for, like, everything. Because I'm so critical of myself. Like, as a music artist, like, you may make something and be like, oh, no, that's crap. And then you play it for somebody else, and they're like, dude, that's so good. And it's like, no, it's not. It's garbage, dude. I need to throw it away. Like, that's a throwaway song. And they're like, no, that is the one. Like, because I'm so, I'm so self-critical, as, like, I'm sure – when Lance writes stuff, because he writes as well. I mean, I'm sure he's the exact same way. And every other songwriter I talk to, like, there's days where you think, like, yeah, I'm, I'm the shit. <laughs> and there's days where there's, there's also a lot of days where you're like, man, I need to like figure something out. I can't quit my day job. Like, this is getting, this is not good. So, but as soon as I played it for him, like, I saw, you know, when you get five reactions from five guys and it's all good and they know music, like, you're like, okay, cool. Like, add the song to the list. Yeah. I think we're all hypercritical, but especially... Oh, 100%. You're like, oh, I don't know. Is this good? Like, how, how many people can hear this and tell me that's good before I actually think that it's good? <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it sure. happens all the time. Right. Even a few people say it, you're like, no, nah, you're bullshit, and that's not... And it's, it's all right. Like, no, nah, it's good. How, how do you describe your sound as a band? Like, I know that there were sounds that were kind of meshed when y'all came together. Oh, man. That's like asking. <laughs> that is the worst question that we get asked all the time is like, what? So what do y'all play? And I mainly just say, oh, we just kind of just like a bunch of bullshit. That's why I've been telling people now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like, I'm like, it's just a bunch of stuff. Um, I, I guess the best way to describe it would be like maybe like a combination of like some southern rock and some punk rock and country music, like outlaw country music. Love that. Maybe outlaw country music. Maybe that's what I start telling people now <laughs> instead of the other thing. Well, the thing is, one thing that Sam said before, he goes, I want people to hear us and go, what the hell just happened? Yeah, but, that's the main thing. But I, I think no matter what we do, anything we do, we cannot be from on the planet on term, in terms of music, uh, that's it all – goes back to the people we come from what we listen to yeah i mean that's another thing i mean kelly told me this a while back he was like you know it's really kind of crazy like because all of us have our own different style of playing and we all have our own different influences and you can definitely hear it like that's what kind of makes it like the what the hell factor when we play stuff like people are like what is that and that's kind of what we're going for, because we just want to make music that heard before but it's good you know that's the, that's the goal I think of any successful musical artist is you want to play and you want the people to be like, what the hell was that? Like, what did I just hear? Because that's what kind of makes it click. Your influences of drum playing are completely different than mine. For sure. And our bass, our bass players from Mars. So I have yeah, no idea. Our bass player is out of this world, dude. We could not have him on this podcast. He would have <laughs> said something. He would have said something out of this world. And I would have been like, Andrew, get out of here, man. No, Andrew's a great guy. He's, He's a great, great guy, though. He's talented. But he, again, he, he brings a lot of spice, and he's a solo act on his own, and so, uh, but he's really uh, meshed well with the band, And but he is definitely uh, eclectic in his music. Oh, and live, dude. Every I, Everybody comes up to me after the shows and are like, your bass player is awesome, because he's, <laughs> like, constantly just doing weird stuff on stage. <laughs> 
wearing like weird clothes and stuff like that. Like it's just it's, it's out, all a good. It's thing. out there. It's, it's all good, a good, but thing. it's out there. I love that because. I used to get made fun of all the time for my friends in college where I'd be putting music on the aux and they'd be like, we can't, we can't hear what genre you're going for. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then like nineties hip hop, then like Metallica and then just like oh, yeah. all, over, all the, over the place. Tell, let's just go from left to right or however y'all want to do it. What are some influences that y'all had growing up or some people that you really love to listen to some bands that you really love to listen to? Uh, all right. Well, uh, for me, man, well, someone that John I, Mayer. Yeah, John, John, Mayer, John Mayer is a huge, huge, huge influence. Uh, so as far as how, how instruments are spaced out or kind of playing interesting chords or melodies or different rhythms that you normally wouldn't see kind of in this area, like within dirt and all that. The music that's played, it's and especially on guitar rhythm, it's fairly straightforward in what you're playing. And so it's kind of like, from what I've gotten to add is just kind of different little bits. But uh, also, I'm an extremely huge jazz fan. Uh, I love jazz music uh, pretty much my entire life. And so it's kind of the weirdness of kind of how jazz bounces, like with musicians, it bounces off one another you're playing. It's kind of what I bring with what I play and what I try and bounce off of other musicians while we're playing live in the band, or even while we're in the process of writing songs, I'm trying to throw ideas out there and see if they latch on and throw that idea back, you know, just kind of you would playing live with a jazz band. And so that's kind of been my experience of like, you know, and kind of where I come from with that. I bet that helps a lot too in the live sessions when you kind of ad-libbing a little bit and you kind of can yeah. out and come back. That's what I love band for when their live sets are just so, you know, all over the place, creative, because they mesh so well. Be, um, for me, I, Kelly, you may have to help me out with this one because I tend to forget, like, what all I listen to or what all influences me. But Drive-By Truckers. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you've heard of the band Drive-By Truckers, but that's one of – I love them. They're one of my favorite bands. Uh, as far as, like, songwriting and stuff goes, I listen to a lot of, uh, like, Sturgill Simpson, Ryan Bingham, uh who else man randy rogers is a big one that was like the first country uh texas country band i was ever introduced to so i moved from uh california to texas so when i got to high school is when i first like started to like listen to what the other music kids listen to because we drive to class or we drive to lunch in the truck yeah and they'd put on this one guy put on randy rogers band and i was like who the hell is this and he was like, you've never heard of these guys? Like, they're famous in Texas. I was like, no, yeah. dude. And so ever since then, like, it's just been down like a rabbit hole of country music and and rock and roll and everything like that. But, yeah, I would say those guys are big influences. I like the Turnpike Troubadours, too. They're big. So Evan Felker is a big songwriting influence. I think he may be one of the best songwriters of our time. Agreed. So, Agreed. Yeah. And I'm glad he's getting back into it too. I'm glad they're getting back together. Yeah. He, he just had a solo uh, song came out. Yeah. I heard it. I remember what it was called. Great. Um, but yeah, that song was great. So he, good. He's special. It's so funny how Texas country music has its own little scene. Like you said, I've never heard of these guys. Well, they're, they're famous in Texas. Like there's those yeah scene is just so strong with that country music and that red dirt brand most like y'all were saying the infusion now of alternative you hear that with co co's music and and some of the oh, yeah. yes the alternative 
kind of sound. Then you have like the Southern rock mixed with country, like old school country roots. It's just, I love how a lot of these styles are kind of infusing into that scene. Yeah, Whiskey Myers would be a good one. Yeah. yeah. So it's funny you say that about Co. I, I'm a big fan of the Stephenville country music scene. Yeah. <laughs> yes, dude. Six Market Boulevard. But uh, yeah, them and Co. Co. Co mainly influences me because he plays like things that I do before I go perform a live show is I watch a Co. Wetzel show live. And I just study what he does. And then I just try to do that on stage. But I never can get it like perfect yeah, i've been to some live shows where i'm pretty sure he crushed a whole bottle of jack on stage <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah yeah i've seen that there's like, a video, there's like a video of him of where he like just smashes a whiskey bottle on stage and like throws a chair into the audience and i was like that's yeah. freaking rock and roll dude yeah <laughs> that's what people need to see it's crazy. Crazy. yeah we need some whiskey bottle on stage man that next time for sure oh my goodness uh one more would probably be william clark green yeah uh, He's one of the greatest performers, I think, out there in the scene right now. And he's such a great songwriter. And other than that, man, I could go on for days, but that's just a couple. You can hear it in the in the lyrics and the music. For sure. Some songs sound like some of their songs, kinda. You know what I mean? You try to you try to keep it as original as you can. You don't want them just being like, oh, that's a William Clark Green song. Right. So, but that's but, his influence for sure. Kelly, go ahead. <laughs> Well, I'm the old man of the group, so people like uh, Kenny Arnoff, uh, which was uh, John Cougar Mellencamp's drummer for years, he's a huge influence to this day. I, I love his style of drumming. It's based upon maybe a, a four-piece kit, but it's really powerful. Uh, uh, the Black Crows drummer, what is that guy's name? He 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 uh, is one of my favorites. I love that guy. And uh, let's His see. Name's the Black Crows. Guy. No, Steve Gorman. <laughs> Sorry, that's it. Steve Gorman. Yeah. Black Crows. Love that guy. I love that kind of music. That's uh, that music's huge for me. Um, and of course, uh, if I can't leave out Led Zeppelin. I mean, John Bonham is. When you hear my bass drum, you know where it came from. It's <laughs> booming. So yeah. I, I love his straightforward driving style, and and so those are definitely my influences. Yeah. Have y'all heard of uh, Pecos and the Rooftops? Yes, yes. So they came yeah, out a little while back. But, yeah, they I love their style, and his voice is very distinct as well. But he said the same thing as far as that southern rock, like, you know, the Waylon and, and the Willie and obviously yeah. like Forge and those. But then, you know, the rock music that he grew up listening to that is infused into that. And I just – I love how it's how that's happening on the scene. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's starting to get a little more outlaw. Yeah, in the Texas music industry right now, like uh, for example, I mean, just just like Co Wetzel, Parker McCollum, like uh, Pecos and the Rooftops, uh, all these other guys, they're coming out and they're like the bad boys of the Texas country music, and you see them like going to like trips in Cabo and stuff like that, chugging <laughs> bottles of tequila with chicks and everything like that. Like it's getting and and like I don't know, it's just kind of getting. You can see the music changing, and it's yeah. it's really cool to see. I'm glad that it's kind of it's it's not new, or I mean, it's not old. Yeah, like it, the old country, it's newer. It is. Yeah. And that's the infusion. What I love about the scene though, with that is that I think what you're saying is correct that the outlaw thing is becoming 
popular, but yeah, it's about being the bad boy, man. Yeah. The reason though, is because of Nashville country with what, what's on the radio. these. <laughs> yeah, exactly. whenever they have award shows, like, and they're naming people. I have a, I don't have a clue who the hell that is. Exactly. Oh yeah. In some of this, this brand of music that's real and raw and, and more uncut, like that's what people want to hear, you know, not, the, not everything that's super polished and, mm-hmm. and style of things. People want the realness and the emotion in the music. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they don't want I'm getting married. They want I'm breaking up with my girlfriend. I'm going to go drink a bottle of liquor and lock myself in a room. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, I, I asked oh some of my buddies, I'm like, all right, what are what are some questions you guys had, like, just for fun, to see what they say. And uh, one of my buddy, my buddy Toby said, ask, ask him to make some sad songs. Add country music. Some sad country music. Well, you know, really, our music can be broken down real simply. It, it's about uh, substance abuse and bad relationships. Yeah. <laughs> the best way to put it, man. Yeah. It really is. It really is. That's just, but that's stuff that a lot of people go through. That's stuff we all go through relationships. We all go th- through those things. So it's funny because when people ask, why do you listen to sad country music? I'm like, it's therapeutic. It feels good to listen to this stuff. Got a song on the album called Missed Call. And, uh, and you know, just in part of the chorus, it says, you know, I'm just tired of being just another missed call. And so it's like, when it's with songs like that, it's like, the listener gets to put themselves like, oh, in yeah. their shoes. I like, tried to call it. Like, I've, I've, I've gotten drunk before and, like, drunk called my ex-girlfriend, like, a bunch of times, and she doesn't ever pick up, and I get all mad, and I just pass out and go to bed. <laughs> but that was the basis of that song. Like, I just – I've been there before, so I, and I know tons of buddies who've been there before, even worse than I have. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, a lot of our stuff, too, is, is really so – you know, out here in West Texas, there's like, it's all oil field where we're from. So we, we are, we are all like working class people and we, we work with a bunch of working class people. Our friends are all blue collar, white collar, but a lot of our music tends to, you know, kind of go for the working man. I mean, I have a song called Boomtown. I don't know if you've heard it or seen a clip. We have some on our Facebook if you want to check it out and that'll be on the album. But, um, yeah, that song's just all about I was working out in the oil field, living in a trailer in the middle of Reeves County, Texas, by myself, little little baby trailer, just drinking all the time and going to work. That's all I do. And you know, I'd go play guitar with pipeliners and stuff like that. And that's that's how I wrote that song. Just want it to be relatable to people, you know. We want people to 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 bond with the lyrics and and just Enjoy the music. You said that you had a background in musical education in school and stuff. Where where did that come from? Uh, there was a, a Christian school I went up to in uh, in Kansas City, Missouri. They had a music program. It was four years. And uh, so uh, basically I went up there for that. I originally in college started out doing IT stuff, which is what I do now, uh, yeah. funny enough. But I am using my music <laughs> my musical education now so yeah uh i went up there for that just because um i've been around music ever since you know i was born basically i mean my dad's singing songs around the house when we're on road trips he's got you know aerosmith blasting in the car and he's he's singing along with 
with all of that, it's like my dad just kind of set me down at one point when I was in my first year of college, really not caring what I was doing. wasn't going to class. He was just like, I don't care what you want to do with your life. He's like, he's like, I just want you to find something and give yourself a hundred percent to it. Yeah. He's like, and if you can do that, he's like, I'm going to support you no matter what he's like, but I want you to actually go and pursue something that you love and enjoy. And, uh, for me at that time, I was like, that's music. And he was like, all right. He's like, let's find a school. And he's like, you know, he's like, find somewhere you can go and, you know, get that knowledge. And, you know, I went there and did that, got a lot of training, um, on guitar as well as within music theory of just, you know, how chords are put together, how melodies and harmonies are put together. And so basically it was really awesome to be able to come and bring that knowledge in with a band where there are members in the group that have varying levels, uh, you know, just things that goes into music. And uh, so it's like, I get to use what I learned from school to actually like help this band out and figure out where we're going with music and how to, um, you know, how to all play together efficiently and how no one has like, no one has to step on each other's toes. Everyone has a place. And uh, thank you training. I kind of got to figure out, you know, what those places were and how to place everybody into those. So I just like with me, the directing the music for the band has yeah. been a huge part of what I the do. The cool part about Lance's is, so I don't know that much about music, like in a sense of notes and keys and in theory and theory. And so like when I, I, I just, I hear it all in my head. So whenever like I hear like something like, I'd be like, Oh, that'd be a cool guitar part or a guitar riff to add there or something like that. Or this should sound like this. I literally go like, and like Lance will just it's like yeah that's like A B and C <laughs> and like yeah so it, it it works out perfectly for me he's like my little cheat sheet to to the music world so it's awesome as far as the the sounds the theory I'm I'm awful at but the sounds you can hear them in your head having someone like that on your team is so important and I I say this all the time especially I mean hundred oh, percent. Music, business, life. I mean, having someone in like in your corner that can you can bounce those things off of and they have something that maybe you don't, that makes you, you know, a combo that's pretty unstoppable. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. Like we uh, me and Lance do acoustic shows, too. Like if, uh, you know, if we're needing some extra cash in the band fund and we can't do a full band show, me and him will just, we can plug and play acoustic shows. That's another thing too, is my voice and his voice. Like I, I literally told him, I said, if we, if, I said, I'm never going to go to another band unless you come with me. Because, <laughs> because I mean, he just, I can, I can even like throw something in there and he doesn't even know. And somehow he just like winds up hitting the same note that I do. So yeah, yeah. we're pretty compatible with each other. I'd agree. I listened to the, a little bit of the live show that y'all did for quarantine and uh, the harm or the melody and the harmony is beautiful. Sorry. Yes. Amen. Where, uh, where do you guys see the band going within the next, you know, couple years in, from now? I know that we got a big launch coming up soon as y'all alluded to earlier, but where, like, where do you see the band going and what are, what are the goals moving forward? So, the main goal this whole entire time has just basically been, first of all, just getting our name and each pressing. Uh, once we finally said, okay, we got enough money in the bank, like we're trying to self-fund this album, we, we can do it. 
So yeah. let's get studio time. Let's get the album out. So we have 10 or 11 songs out there and a whole album that people can listen to and start getting used to the music that we play. And then hopefully after that, uh, you know, we'll see where it goes. I don't know how this album's going to do, but we're putting every single thing we have into it to make it sound the best we possibly can for what our budget is. And then after that, hopefully, you know, when the COVID thing blows over, everything starts opening back up. Yeah. Uh, and that's we, the hardest uh, thing right now. Yeah, that's been the hardest hit that we've taken as a band trying to make money it is no venues. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I've, I've talked to a few artists on the show within the past couple of months, and they all say the same thing as far as, you know, that has thrown such a wrench in what their craft is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, yeah, I'm telling you, I, want, I just want to say this. Yeah. I don't know if it'll happen. But I, what I would like for it to happen, for it to be either a significant part of our income, or maybe this is what we do for a living, yeah. is dedicate our lives to to making music for a living. So that would be really cool. Yeah, so that was the main <laughs> thing. Is like The main thing was like we were just trying to save up for the album. So once we make the album, then we can kind of go you know, do some gigs, maybe make a little change for ourselves. So yeah that's that's hopefully the end goal is to make money <laughs> is this what this band's about right so you can so. you can kind of say okay we we saved up the money that we were saved so are all y'all doing this part-time right now yeah, yeah. so this is like a second job basically for us so yeah, we is. we all have we all have you know basic sources of income we all have jobs but you know tuesday thursday every day at seven we're in the we're in the the shop practicing banging tracks out and or we're in the we're on our weekends in the studio yeah and i mean hell kelly's got five kids yeah and he still manages to make it happen man look at him yeah we're just uh that's the main end goal is that we can do this for a living and we can do what we love and play music man that's 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 what it's all about that's the thing when you find a passion I always thought, all right, I want to find a passion, something I love, something I love to do. But when you find that passion, like, yes, it's going to be work, but it's not going to feel like work because you love and you are like, you could stay up all night playing music, like banging out a track. I could stay up all night doing whatever. Right. So it's it's about finding that passion that doesn't feel like work, even when you are putting the work in. Right. My dad told me, you know, if you, if you're doing what you love, you never work a day in your life, man. Yeah, true. That's very true. There's a question that I like to ask a lot, and and I'm interested to see what y'all think. You can plug it into music or just life in general, but uh, what's what's your definition of success as a band or you know as as a family man as a person? What does success mean to you? That's a good question, man. Um, You want to go first? You want to go second? You want more time? Yeah, go ahead, Kelly. I got. I I've been. I've thought about this a lot because I do have five kids and a wife. Yeah. I have a, a a primary job, and then I have this, and I want it to be more than a hobby. I, I want it to be something that that contributes uh, to my family, and and that people can listen to the the music, and we've accomplished something. But what I think is the most important thing. I'm a Christian, but I believe in balance, yeah. and that you can you can have your passion of of music, and and that your endeavors in that. You have work and it has its place if, if you can't do music for a living. If you have to have a workplace, you have work, you have uh, 
uh, you have your family and that you can serve them and spend time with them when you're with them. Yeah. I, I think ser- if you service all of those things, well, I think that that's a fine balance. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. I think, I mean, for me, it's, it's basically success for me, I guess would be at the end of the night when you lay down in bed, like, you know, that you're taken care of and that everything's going to be okay. And that you yourself mentally are good, you know, yeah, like just try to be happy. I mean, success is happiness. Yeah. Love that. It's purest form, man. Yeah. No, I completely agree with that. Like, you know, being able to, at the end of the night, no matter what I'm doing, whether this is full time or not, yeah. But being in a place where, like, am I, am I happy with what I'm doing with my life? Like, am I finding value in this, or like, you know, or like, yeah. Because I mean, success for anyone in any place in life, whether music or life and music or life and work, whatever that job may look like, uh, you know, at every point in your life, success will always, you know, you'll always be looking probably towards a higher place, like, well, you know, look, you're looking in terms of, uh, of money or stature, things like that. But like, yeah, the biggest end goal is like being happy with what you have at the end of the day, finding fulfillment from that. And I think our, like, as far as what success means to us as a band is progression. I mean, just getting better and, and more stuff happening and coming out of it. I mean, hell, we started out in the back of a vacuum shop not knowing what the hell we were doing. And now we're playing stages. We have managers, we have contacts, we're booking gigs. We're about to come out with an album. I mean, that to me is what success is, is you're always progressing, always moving up, up, up. Love that. Absolutely love that. So to all of our listeners, where can they find you on social media? Where can they find your music and, or where can they expect to find the upcoming music as well? So as far as social media, we are on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. All those should be True Oak Revival. And then, uh, as far as the single that we have right, uh, that we have out right now, Ode to Bourbon, it's on Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you can stream a song from or purchase, you can buy that. The upcoming single or singles and the album will also be available anywhere there for purchase. Uh, Right now, we currently don't have an idea if we would do any physical media for the CD, maybe something down the road. Eventually, if we have people asking for that, you know, we could do that. But um, we're Treaty Oak Revival, anywhere that you can find us. Yeah, and I guess uh, we're working on a website right now, yeah. and uh, we have merch that we're working on as well. <laughs> so, uh, you know, once that gets up and running, obviously, we'll let everybody know on social media, you know, where to go, yeah. and uh, they can... You know, if you want to buy a T-shirt or anything like that, go on ahead. It's all going back to the band. Yeah. And that'll be at TreatyOakRevival.com. TreatyOakRevival.com. So you all heard it. Everything is basically Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and then the up-and-coming website, Treaty Oak Revival. And I'll make sure I put all this in the show notes as well so they can. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, absolutely. So Treaty Oak Revival, thank you all so much for coming on the show. As always, y'all, if y'all are listening on Apple Podcasts, go hit that subscribe button and leave a comment or rating. If you like this episode, share it with a friend. Get the word out for the band and share it with a friend. Share their music and uh, hope you all enjoy. And thank you all so much for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you so much.